Welcome to Off the Deck. This is game number 36. On the tee, Ben Swanton. On the tee, Ryan Keeney. Welcome to a slightly delayed episode 36 of Off The Deck Golf Podcast with me, Ryan Keeney, and him, Ben Swanton. Hey, Ryan. How are you? Yeah, yeah good, thank you. Yeah, good, good. Apologies apologies for last week, everybody. That was my fault. Uh, no. ho- ho- homeschooling at work and uh, the wonderful prospect of golf just uh, ov- overcame my week. So uh, we, we, we kept on delaying, kept on delaying, and things kept getting in the way. So hey-ho, better late than never. Yeah. Yeah, and what a what a week we've got to to recap in the golfing world. Um, yeah, we're nearly there. It was kind of we're into into March. Um, the UK is set to start coming out of lockdown in four weeks. We are basically home workouts now for four weeks, isn't it? Between two of us, yeah. twenty seven sleeps, <laughs> twenty seven sleeps. I've got twenty seven days of running. I've just literally committed to running one hundred sixty kilometers this month. Okay. I don't know why, um, but I, I, after that, I'm not going to do any more running. So I'll be hitting. Hitting the golf season in, in fighting fit shape. So, uh, how are you yeah. breaking that down? Five k a day, kind of thing, uh, or it's it'll be pretty much five k a day. But I'll just I'll end up doing ten k every other day. I think. All right, uh, okay. Just getting out for five k is a bit. Yeah. I can get out for an hour every other day for sure. Yeah. And also, well, I can't beast the dog that much. The dog will uh, will hate me if I keep smashing it for five k every day. Yeah. All I'm weirdly all I'm asking is for the weather to be pretty good for the next month, which is weird because. I will just stare out windows, but I think it's been a pretty wet and, and miserable winter. Yeah. That green, just give the greenkeepers a hand because you just know that if by like the first Thursday or Friday things are a bit mucky, um, members will be right in their ears just kind of with that that chat about the state of the course um, without yeah, any appreciation we, for the weather. I, well, I think, yeah, given your new course, it'll probably drain quite nicely, I would have thought. My course is the same, it drains pretty well, but you, you, you're right. I think we could do it's weird. This whole waiting, I'm kind of used to it by now. But I think um, I, I, I did actually run around the golf course the other day, and it it, could, it just needs that grass growth now. Just yeah. you know, so four weeks of decent grass growth without any of us like tearing it up would be lovely. And I think we're set okay for the next couple of weeks down there, not too wet at all. So fingers crossed. Mm. Okay, uh, on to the actual world of professional golf, um, and I think we'd be remiss to start anywhere else other than. Um, the unfortunate car accident last Tuesday um, involving Tiger Woods. So he was tournament host at the Gen- Genesis Invitational, won by Max Holman on Sunday. Um, was doing a couple of interviews talking about um, recovery from his back surgery and, and not looking overly uh, certain that he would be taking up the Masters, but, but pretty confident. Um, and then... I believe he was recording some golf TV features and helping some uh, celebrities like Dwayne Wade and David Spade uh, with their golf on on Monday uh, and supposedly Tuesday in the LA region. But while driving to the golf course, um, was involved in a, an accident involving only his car. Um, I don't. I'm assuming everybody has seen the the pretty horrific pictures now of of the car and off the the side of the road. 
um, and suffered leg injuries, I think, is, is as much information has been confirmed. Um, there's been a kind of stunt, I guess, or a rod placed into his into his right leg. There's been um, various procedures on his, his ankle and uh, featuring screws and screws and pins to stabilise things. Um, it was, I guess, for a while it was pretty scary, but the, the positives are he's awake and speaking to people and recovering, and there is a kind of you know path back to being mobile and and certainly playing casual golf, if not competitive golf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was shocking news, wasn't it? And I think everybody, when you first uh, had the alert started coming through, um, and then you saw the first images, you, you your mind immediately went to the worst because the car looked in really bad shape but yeah. um yeah, he seems to have come out of it as well as one could maybe expect from that type of uh, accident and i think most of the um, leg injuries are on his right um right leg and ankle uh, so you know from a if we're projecting forward from a golfing perspective that's kind of better than if it were the left leg and ankle which obviously has more of the impact on, on the swing um but yeah i mean just shocking really um and i think everybody was naturally f- fearing thinking the worst having mm. seen the you know the footage from 2016 or 2017 when he was obviously the mug shots etc and and his eyes and he didn't look great on the sunday um at riviera when he was interviewed on uh, um by uh uh, was it NBC? I yeah, it was NBC it was, or CBS. Whoever it was, it was was interviewing. It was Jim, wasn't it? It was Jim Nance. Yeah, yeah. It, he didn't look great there. Um, so I think kind of everybody was. There was a lot of sort of um, hot takes going on about um, you know what sort of state yeah, was the, he in that. Yeah, the speculation was uncomfortable. Yeah, um, I think was was it, and there was various reports, and some of this is is a symptom of social media and. and breaking news and everybody wanting to kind of scoop that unsubstantiated reports kind of get mentioned uh, and, and get traction quite quickly um, but yeah particularly when it was confirmed the jaws of life had been used to cut him out of the car and they saw the front of the car being you know pancaked um, it's um, it's remarkable that he's um, he's been free it was, yeah. and there was a couple of things that, that bugged me because there was uh, there were interviews and press conferences happening for the WGC at around the same time that news was breaking and it was uh, quite uncomfortable watching some of the players like, answering questions while they were taking in the information that was obviously being fed into their ear like asking Justin Thomas about the stint reading on the greens as he's like, trying to kind of look around and try and understand a guy that he's been quite open about becoming really friendly with over the last few years so um, yeah all a bit odd yeah a bit a bit insensitive yes. um, it just felt like didn't it just a little bit um, I don't know I think it's the kind of this voyeurism that we we sort of seem mm. to have seeped into and it's probably been exacerbated over the last 12 months and stuff with COVID too it's like I think everybody's sort of bearing their soul which is great but there are some things that we just don't need to see in real time um, and particularly without the facts as well. I mean, Justin Thomas was obviously clearly upset um, and, and sort of fighting back tears, not knowing if his mate was all right, mm. um, you know, first and foremost. So, yeah, it's, it, it was a bit strange. And, and to be honest, it's been a bit strange since. And they obviously had the, the tribute to him yesterday with everybody who was wearing you know, red and black, you know, his famous Sunday outfit. Um, and again, I mean, I've, I've got to say, I felt a little bit odd and uncomfortable watching that, thinking, um, it just 
it just felt a bit too bit too much of a sort of a stunt. It, he, you know, he hadn't he hadn't died. Yeah. Um, I, I was I was oddly okay with it. I was I wasn't okay. Like um, I saw Max Homer got quite a bit of abuse for not wearing a red t-shirt. Yeah, a red that, that, I suppose that's where I was coming from. It's like the cancel culture that that is then associated with it for yeah. those that didn't. It was just. But it was I yeah. Don't... It was it was a suggestion like are you you know people were sending him um, Google Maps screenshots of the distance from the concession golf course to like a Target or a. PGA Megastore, I think, is like their equivalent of the American, right? The American golf stuff. Going, you could have went there and got yourself a T-shirt. You're, you're missing the fact that this guy is paid not insignificant amount of money and has all of his logistics sorted because he wears certain logos on his collar and does certain things. Like you know, that he didn't have a red shirt packed is fine. Um, yeah. It's just it's an it's a kind of it's an interesting or nice touch. Um, but yeah. That's that's kind of all it should be, and you go, oh yeah, that's it's kind of in, it was kind of funky because it was I was thrown off a bit by seeing like Rory in red and black because he's Rory McIlroy's never worn that, and no. Tony Fino's never really worn that, and I think Patrick Reed is kind of the only guy that I'm aware <laughs> of that wears red and black, and you kind of think, oh okay, you know, he's just wearing his normal Sunday stuff, but yeah, 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 yeah true, yeah, very true, but um. You know, it sounds like he's making some decent progress. They obviously yeah. moved into a different hospital. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, to be honest, my first reaction was, you know, like any, but I suppose you'd be the same, like any father. You just immediately, I immediately thought of the kids. Yeah. Just thought, can we just leave these poor kids alone? And just mm-hmm. you know, make sure that dad's all right. That's the most important thing. Let's not worry about anything else. Let's not worry about is he going to pick up his golf clubs again? Will he make Augusta next year? Or, you know, will he be back later this year? Whatever. Let's just. Just get well, and and please, for God's sake, can somebody get him a driver? Yeah, that's. That, I think that just needs to happen now. Just don't drive yourself anywhere. Yeah, and he was in an official tournament vehicle as well. Which yeah. Um. Onto the onto the WGC because we can yeah. talk about Tiger. Um. The WGC, the World Golf Championship, Workday Championship at the concession. Um. There's lots to unpack here. Um. I love the course. The field was great. Um. It, Briefly, I looked. I think around kind of rounds one and two, like we'd have a a nondescript leaderboard. There was a lot of kind of guys in the between kind of thirty first and forty ninth in the world seemed to be contending. Another big hitters, and then they all started showing their teeth over the weekend. Um, yeah. So Mar- Colin Marcar won and became only the second player to win a WGC in a major under the age of twenty five, and it you know Tiger Woods being the other one. Um, and he, yeah, he he looked pretty solid all through Sunday. Um, I kind of I was tuning in, hoping for a bit of a dramatic finish or a bit of a fist fight or somebody to kind of, to put him under pressure. But he shot a relatively faultless sixty nine. There was a a bogey early on, um, but yeah, it was it was just pretty good from a guy that had briefly looked like he was slipping away in that and kind of that first initial burst was was a bit of a no, blip's not the word but it kind of just started brightly and was now settling down into tour life he's he's won a pretty big event again yeah yeah look i mean he's um i think after his uspga there's there was always going to be a bit of a a bit of a lull no doubt after winning your first major whether you're a 24 year old or a 34 year old there's mm. always going to be that little bit of a lull um, and I think he had that over the fall and just at the beginning of the season. The, the putting reared its ugly head, but 
you know, he's obviously found a new technique in the last few weeks that worked extremely well and you know he putted well his, his iron his iron play was phenomenal as it pretty much always is um he's just a real talent I, it always felt like he had it under control even mm-hmm. when hovland and scheffler who seemed like the two who were going to get closest to him and i think hovland obviously got within one at, i think he was at 16 under um and uh, morikawa was at 17 under but then Morikawa played the driver ball 12th and then Hovland bogeyed, I think he was three or four holes ahead. I think it was the 15th or 16th. I yeah, yeah. yeah, but bogeyed, that's all right, the par three. Um, we hit the middle of the green and just had such an aggressive first putt and yeah. uh, they showed the two putts time and time and then all of a sudden he got a three-shot lead and that was all she wrote. So very, very, very impressive from Morikawa. Um, again, justifying his credential as an extremely serious player. Um, but just it was interesting as you sort of touched on that after day one it was like wow this is like a crazy international leaderboard there mm. was, I don't think there was an American on the leaderboard and then sort of day two you had you know, Webb Simpson at the top there and then by day three you kind of looked at the leaderboard and went, oh, that's, so we're in for a decent a decent Saturday if you know if Kep can get off to a fast start or you know, somebody can get off to a fast start but um, you know, Morikawa was just extremely solid um, he's very it's just very easy to root for, isn't it? He was really good. He, looking back, he on Thursday, which was his poorest putting day, he he made five birdies, um, six birdies, sorry, and only one of them was longer than five feet. Um, you know, he he just wasn't holding anything, but he was knocking it close. And then Friday, he knocked it close and started holding stuff. Shot a sixty-four, and and then led really well. Um, on Sunday, Saturday. Oh, sorry, was it Saturday? They had the run of ridiculous birdies in a row, like six or seven in a row. Um, yeah. And yeah, Sunday it was just putting the ball, not not just on the fairway, but finding the fairway, um, hitting it pretty far, and then just aiming for the the main part of the green, the fat of the green, lagging it up, and and taking his opportunities where he got them. There was yeah, the bogey was a, a chip that came back to his feet, which was great. That was uh, that was yeah. just, just something I liked seeing all weekend with short grass. Grass. It wasn't quite a wasn't quite like other courses where it was just about lobbing it up. Players were trying to play little bump and runs and trying to like get you know knock the ball into hills and and some balls started rolling back to feet or rolling off the other end of other side of greens and stuff. And it was it was pretty good. But yeah, Morikawa was a, a pretty good front runner. Um, Victor Hovland, his uh, contemporary, even though they didn't really play or weren't huge rivals in, in college golf just because they turned pro around the same time and, and have landed together and um, they seem that their careers will be forever intertwined I guess and uh, you know Hovland's Hovland's eight on Friday um, on his 18th yeah. hole looks pretty expensive right about now um, after after losing by three yeah 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 look I mean just um it was it was a bad bunker shot, wasn't it, from the fairway bunker? Yeah, sort of se- semi thin, semi shank that flew over the back into all the shrubs. Uh, he couldn't drop it, um, even if he took an unplayable. He was going to be dropping it an unplayable lie. So he just he did well to get it out of the shrubs, but then just landed in a horrendous lie in the bunker on the downslope with no nowhere to really swing, and then just bladed it back to where he was and just went to and fro. Ended up holding. A really good nine foot punt for a for a yeah. quadruple bogey, didn't he? Yeah. But um yeah, look, I mean he's 
he's interesting. I know on our on one of our WhatsApp chats, we've been sort of been chatting about him. He just he can get so hot, can't he? Um, I, I just I don't know what it is about him, but I don't know the fact that somebody says he looks like a stone Rory McIlroy. Um, <laughs> he's his game is sort of it just the way he approaches it. He's extremely aggressive. Um, he's always got a smile on his face. Nothing seems to phase him. It doesn't matter if he makes a bogey or go and make a birdie on the next hole. It's just lots to like about him. He's just really, really freaking good. Um, uh, and just him and him and Morikawa are going to be tied at the hip, I think, for a, mm. a number of years. You know, obviously Wolf is the third of those three that came out, and, and he's obviously struggling with some. Uh, sounds like he's struggling with some mental health stuff at the minute. Um, which is kind of understandable in a kind of a COVID environment as a 21-year-old on tour without being able to sort of share any experiences with anybody else type thing at the minute. But, um, you know, these guys are serial sort of top 10, uh, top 10 players. Um, you know, you, just this year alone, he's already got four top 10s in nine starts. Oh, yeah. Do you, Hovland. Think, do you think there's, like... I'm trying to figure out if Hovland and Morikawa are the future of like of college players. Are we going to see more players coming out ready to go? Like they, yeah, you know, Hovland's short game is a bit wobbly, um, but when it's yeah. on, he's he's pretty on. And Morikawa putting you know, was was really good this weekend, but is a little bit streaky in places. Do you think they're yeah. kind of that more players are going to look at that and think, right, I need to use my it's definitely my last year of college, if not the, the six months before that, getting ready for the, the PGA Tour because I can make a real impact. Or are they generational talents? Are they like standard bearers for America and European golf going forward? Yeah, I I mean, I think they, these two, well, these three are, are standard bearers. They're like Spieth and Shoffle and uh, Thomas from 2011, right? Mm. So... I think they are the they are the standard bearers for their year for sure. Um, no, no, no two ways about that. But I do think that you know we're just seeing that people are coming out, the college kids are coming out, and they're winning pretty quickly um, or doing extremely well in the case of like Scotty Scheffler, for example. So I, I do think we'll see more of it because the history dictate and shown us that that is the case. So I don't see why that would stop. Um, whether we'll get the same sort of generational talent, it'll be interesting. Um, I was listening to, I forget who it was now, over the weekend, I was listening to another podcast and they were saying that, that the problem with um, like the college kids right now is that, um, I think it was Chip Beck actually on the No Laying Up podcast, he was sort of saying that you know these kids that are coming out now are, are fine and, and yes, they'll have some excellent careers but they're not going to have the longevity because the stress that they're putting on different parts of their body and they reckon mm. this whole like bowed wrist is is going to cause them real back issues when it gets to when they get to sort of late 30s 40s um so i think we're probably going to get sort of shorter brighter careers but not not the sort of longevity that you'll see from a, a phil or lee westwood etc i don't i think those careers will be few and far between them and on that note i think someone like morikawa over all of them just seems to have a much smoother swing that seems less stressful on their bodies. I think Hovland throws himself at it a little bit more, so I would sort of suggest he might fall into maybe the the shorter career cycle. 
Yeah, um, if there's if he's count, if he's but, plagued um, by plagued by injuries in the future, um, that's not going to be a surprise. Yeah, I read something. Morikawa did a an article for Golf Month or Golf Digest in the last year, um, and he talks about his tempo and and his swing and how he's actually he's he's never swinging at a hundred percent. He's always kind of swinging comfortably and swinging with himself. Get it? He hits it far enough that actually he then prioritizes ac- uh, accuracy by by swinging within himself. So. You know, maybe there's something yeah. in that. Maybe that's that's what I'll take away for the next four weeks of. It, it's oh, funny yeah. you mention that. I literally, I literally read that article today. I don't know where I saw it. I don't know where uh, you okay. might have shared it even. Um, uh, and I just thought, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'll yeah, do that. Enough. Just my ex- golf game. Accept my yardages and and swing with them myself. And we'll, we'll see where we we'll yeah, get. Yeah, exactly. Um, Brooks Kepka's back, and uh, you know, he looked like he would he could run away with it. Um, after two days, so after thirty-six holes, he was kind of the standout, a 67-66, playing alongside Dustin Johnson. So really, you know, showing him um, that he's he's not going to back down. I think they were paired together for the first time since the PGA, or maybe the Masters. Yeah, since, since his comments. Yeah, yeah since yeah. his comments at the PGA for sure. But yeah, it was, and then the weekend didn't quite go to plan for Kepka with a, a seventy and a seventy, but you know. Still yeah. pretty decent return. Uh, Billy Horschel um, probably didn't again didn't have the finish he wanted because Morikawa's faultless golf I think put a lot of play a lot of the chasing pack under pressure, so he might have shot yeah. slightly better on Sunday if he wasn't taking a few risks or, or going for it. Um, and Roy McIlroy in a, a tied for sixth with Louis Oosthuizen and, and Webb Simpson. I don't yeah. know. I think other than seeing Roy put out on eighteen each day, I'm not sure how much golf of his I saw because he just didn't seem to be in contention all that often no it was interesting wasn't it I mean he he kept by all accounts he kept making birdies and even eagles but he also kept racking up some high numbers pretty much like everybody all week um, but no you're right I mean we really didn't see a great deal of him at all and in fact I thought we were going to see more of him um, with uh, with P. Reed, mm. uh, given that pairing in the final day but yeah, Reed really struggled. He never really got anywhere uh, on Sunday at all. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, interesting. I don't mind a low-key, half-decent finish from him. I just want him to show a bit of form. I basically want him to do what Kepka's been doing over mm. the last few weeks and just just start just start trending in the right direction. He likes this Florida swing there, doesn't he? I mean, Arnold Palmer, he's won before. The players is obviously won before. He's defending so, champion at the um, players. Yeah, he's got... Yeah. Yeah, so there's... Uh, the, this is a good swing for him. Uh, he, he was trying new shafts, wasn't he, I think, in his irons this week too. So, yeah, let's see. Let's see. It's all about it's all about the big tournaments for him, isn't it, these days? So, yeah. fingers crossed he's trending into form at the right time. Yeah. The only player to make more birdies than Roy McIlroy over the weekend was Colin Marikawa. It was just the yeah. it was the mistakes as you mentioned. There's two double bogeys. There was eleven bogeys. That's that's too many. Uh, I mean, the yeah. course was fun, right? Like I, I've never I've never seen the concession before. It's uh, it's named after the Jack Nicholas, uh, obviously conceding the putt at the end of the Ryder Cup. So. Um, it ended up in a half Ryder Cup and was kind of seen as this as a landmark moment in the modern Ryder Cup, where it, yes, it's competitive and yes, they want to win, but also there's these it was an incredible act of sportsmanship. But it it looked like it looked like a golf course that 
would beat me up. Um, and I'm, oh. I'm not sure. I'd have fun playing it. Right, and it not, would not keeping score. It would punch you in the face and just yeah. run you over. Yeah, and keep doing it. <laughs> but, yeah, he like short grass around the greens, like bunkers right up next to some of the greens, yeah. and and no rough in between. Um, some some water, some forced carries. It just it it looked quite nice. It was in the middle of nowhere, I think, which helped as well. There was just trees, and every hole was quite picturesque. Yeah, I liked it. It's kind yeah, of what, I've got to say it's so, so gone. No, I was just going to say it's what I want. It's what I kind of want from a a COVID world. And and there were moments where you kind of forget that these sports are still happening in a in the middle of a global pandemic. But this is a golf course that wouldn't host a PGA Tour event normally because there's no there's nowhere obvious for the fans to be, and there's quite a lot of trees around. So there's no obvious place for some grandstands. I think so. I like that yeah. they've tried something new and tried a course that we're not. We're unlikely to see too much of, um, which yeah. is, is good by me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a perfect PGA Tour course, isn't it? It's extremely challenging, um, premium on sort of second shots into the green. Uh, get absolutely punished if you put yourself in the wrong position, as yeah. as many of the as many of them showed to us over the years. And you've yeah. got to have a really good short game, which is why. I'm afraid at the bottom of the leaderboard is uh, is ra- is ram full of um, you know your classics and, and in fact a lot of the European tour guys. So we won't say too much about that. But um, yeah, I think it was it was a good course. It was good fun to watch. You didn't know whether somebody was going to make an eagle or a quad, um, and it was quite enjoyable watching the pros, you know, fluff chips and stuff, things that you and I will do with regularity mm. uh, throughout the next. Uh, six eight months um as we get back on the golf course so yeah look i i, I enjoyed it um would i want to play there probably not um i don't really like getting beaten up on a golf course if i can help it um uh, but it, it did look very picturesque um as you said i think it was it's a it's a good good pga tour venue i'm glad they played there yeah it was fun um i, I feel very sorry for rasmus and his 10 on seven. yes um, there were a, a, a few chips that rolled back to his feet. He was on his own, was he? I mean, you know, DJ number one player in the world shoots seventy-seven oh, yeah. round one, yeah, yeah. sixty-nine, sixty-nine, then closes out with a seventy-eight. Um, you know, he had one, two, two doubles and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bogeys yesterday. Oh, and I mean, like, uh, there's quite a lot of players that, that Rasmus will be looking around at on that leaderboard where. He's thinking he's not in bad company, and and that's the fields he's in, and he's nineteen, so yeah, it's fine. Learning process, all right. Yeah, it's not not the best of looks with the uh, the non PGA Tour players all seem to track slightly lower down the the order. Well, but and and I know other podcasts have kind of got on them, and and you know, it's the, going on about the cash grab for OWGR points, but I will contend that. The PGA Tour plays on these types of golf courses all the time, mm. and with these types of Bermuda grasses, they don't play on these types of courses in, in on the European Tour with this sort of Bermuda grass and and everything else. So it, it's just a very different test to what they're used to. Um, you know, I would contend that give them enough time that that they would do so. Um, yeah. There's there's no two ways about it. The PGA Tour is this strong, but yeah. it, it's it. Is irritating as pro European tour guys to see 
a lot of the European tour guides really at the bottom, unfortunately, struggling this yeah. week. But. Well, it's funny you should mention the European tour not playing on, on courses like this and grass like this because there is a chance that they might. Um, yes. News kind of breaking and, and still not we're not entirely sure what the fully formed idea is, but um, it has been suggested, and, and James Corrigan at the Telegraph had the exclusive this evening, that the European tour might be playing a three-event swing in Florida um, this April. So... At the moment, the European Tour is scheduled to uh, have, obviously have the WGC match play in Texas and then the Masters a couple of weeks later, um, which is a European Tour event. Following that, um, it, they're supposed to be in Spain for two events and then at the Portugal Masters. Um, however, Spain have basically said no UK visitors are allowed in and no South African visitors are allowed in. Um, and Portugal are on a, a red list for, for similar reasons with... Um, the European Tour conscious, I think about a third or slightly more of the overall tour are UK and South African golfers. Um, they're thinking of, of switching, cancelling those yeah. events and, and getting everybody to Florida where the coronavirus rules are a little bit more relaxed, um, which... <laughs> Uh, which is yeah. jarring, I think. Like, there's part of me thinks good. It's good for the European Tour players because they they lost quite a you know they lost three months last year. Um, they uh, and a, a season was kind of cobbled together, and and quite a lot went on in in various places for not the biggest part. So, having something where they can get to Florida, have good weather, play a few events, is good by me. But then also thinking, yeah, there is there is still a global pandemic happening, and and I that that's a lot of travel for a lot yeah. of guys to kind of spread around a bit yeah it's um yeah look i mean i think there's not really much to say is there in so much as that keith pelly's trying to do the best thing he can do and the loophole is america's been pretty much yeah come here don't worry about it um you know the laissez-faire attitude to the whole situation um is basically shining through you just can't go to Portugal and Spain at the minute. Nobody wants a Brazil variant. That's where it's coming through because of all the, you know, pretty much uh, large majority of the flights from Latin America stop off in either Portugal or, or Spain en route to other destinations around Europe or the rest of the world. So, um, you know, the UK has been extremely tight about not letting in, or if you are coming from those, the, uh, you know, the isolation rules, you've got to, You've got to have the other side, and that's just non-sustainable. Um, so, look, I think um, at this stage, let's let's see, let's hope that things uh, manage to improve, and they can play in Spain and, and the Algarve. But if they can't, they can't. This is a as a viable alternative, and gives gives the guys an opportunity to earn some earn some money, and obviously, again, starts to show even more the uh, strategic strategic alliance between the both the European and PGA Tour. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that's the interesting thing that a few years ago European Tour wouldn't have been Would able to think no. about playing in America, but this is the the PGA Tour helping them out. And if there's a yeah, there'll be a few guys that have got associate membership of the European Tour. A few of the Americans might actually look at that and and play it if they're not they're not due in the field um, in on the PGA Tour. Um, on the LPGA that. They returned um, for the Gaines Bridge, Gain Bridge um, LPGA event in, in Orlando, um, in Florida, and it was won by a quarter sister. So after uh, Jessica opened the year by winning the Tournament of Champions, um, Nelly has, has picked up a win with her you know, four rounds in the 60s, 
had the lead, had a four shot lead, possibly three shot lead, after three runs and and saw it out with a, a sixty nine for a sixteen under total, um, which is good for her. Lexi Thompson and, and Lydia Cole uh, both joined second, three shots back, and a few kind of good results for European players. Um, so Sofia Popov, who obviously won the Open and then wasn't made an LPGA Tour member for until now or until this season. Um, had a tied for eighth. Danny Homquist, who neither of us have, are aware of, was, has been fifteenth by <laughs> itself. Um, and Leona Maguire, um, the Irish golfer, was tied sixteenth, just inside the top twenty, um, ahead of Georgia Hall um, by a shot, who was tied twenty first. So, yeah, it was. Uh, I saw a few shots from this, and it, it looked like very pleasant, very nice Florida golf. Yeah. Um, I was very envious, really. I think it was my uh, my overriding emotion. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, it's 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 great for great for American golf, great for uh, um, the Corda sisters. Obviously, Jessica's win a few weeks back was after a, a relatively uh, long lapse in some form. So, and, and Nelly's always there or thereabouts, or seems to be there or thereabouts um, over the last couple of years, but without having maybe as many victories as people would have thought. So, uh, she just looked in again a bit like Morikawa, just in total control. Um, at one point, it looked like Lydia Ko was going to run away with this event um, through uh, through the first couple of rounds. But uh, again, she's she's struggling. She's putting herself in contention a lot at the minute, but she's just not getting over the uh, the winning circle. So, ladies' game is in really good shape, really good shape at the minute, um, and particularly the the American ladies. They're looking pretty good. You know, Lexi Thompson obviously second, and Stacey Lewis who won the Scottish Open. Uh, Scottish Ladies Open last year. She was in tight eights alongside Sophia Popoff, and then you've got Angel Ying, who's another youngster um, with a lot of talent, a lot of American talent. So uh, a good, a good week all round. It was good to see them back. I didn't see a huge amount of it. There wasn't just a great amount on Sky, so didn't see a huge amount. But sort of saw a few highlights here and there. Yeah, I had a I had a frustrating frustrating weekend with Sky, and I don't want to necessarily make this a, about the coverage. But I had a frustrating weekend with that with Sky Sports in UK and their attitude to female sport because there was live LPGA golf and there was live Super League netball, which um, my wife quite enjoys, but neither of which were on any channels. And Sky have got six or seven channels. Instead, they were on YouTube, which, you know, isn't the hardest of, of services to get, but it just it felt like they could have done something for representation of, of women's sport and, and kind of put it in a little bit of a spotlight. But instead, yeah. they were... Said they were playing replays, or I think there was drone racing on one channel at one point. But that's the thing. That's what drives me. They've they've gone down this route of you know we've got the motorsport channel and we've got the action yeah. channel, which is some random rugby league or rugby union highlights when it's out of season. Yeah, just sh- sh- should be shoved on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, but yeah. yeah, you could get a few eyes on it, or or you know people that are looking for it and know that Sky are covering it, but haven't fully clicked that it's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, I, interestingly, and I've I've just spotted this. So the LPGA Drive On Championship this weekend is in at the Golden Ocala Golf Club in Florida, and yep. it features eight tribute holes. Um, so there's yeah, hole, yeah. which, uh, so the fourth is a tribute to the postage stamp at Troon. Um, the eleventh and twelfth are a tribute to twelve and thirteen at Augusta, Amen Corner. Thirteen is uh, a a variation of the road hole um, at St Andrews, and fourteen is their equivalent of uh, the number one at St Andrews on the old course with a pretty flat first big wide fairway and a little river in front of the, the green so it's 
yeah, it, 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 kind of intriguing one. I'm, I'm always intrigued by golf courses that have are so open about having a tribute hole in front. Of, you know, tribute holes featured on them. I think. It, yeah, uh, well, I, I'm. Uh, so one one of the reasons I was gutted for COVID starting last year. Um, every April, I go on a, a business trip to Vegas, um, and it's it's a conference for five days, and it's it's bloody hell. Uh, you know, tiring, hot, all the rest of it. And the only reason why I really enjoy going is every year I play golf. I go and choose different golf courses. And in Vegas, the reason why I bring this up, in Vegas they have got a golf course that is based on some of the best links holes in the world. So something similar. So all 18 holes, it's like a hodgepodge of you know, Muirfield and Troon and Turnberry and the old course, etc. So when, when I heard they were playing this course and that they were, they were having some of these some of these tribute holes it, it, it made me smile I thought brilliant this will this will be I'm desperate this better be on Sky somewhere this weekend because yeah. I'm desperate to see what it looks like I'm going to have a yeah I've, I've just watched the flyby of hole 13 um, which is supposed to be a variation on the road hole to Andrews but there is no building in the way therefore it's not good enough if you no. Yeah, there is a there's a bit of a dog leg. You've got to put a shed. You've got to put a shed in front yeah, of the tee box. There's got to be a shed just there. There is a wall, yeah. and you know you can, and kind of see what they're trying. But no, let's. Uh, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna send up the road hole, let's um, let's do it properly. If I put if I put the flyby on it, will come on straight over our recording, so I won't do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You'll send me the. I'll uh, save that for later. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The photos look alright. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna spend pay a bit more attention I think to that over the weekend just to see what it looks like apparently um, Muirfield Village Golf Club is in Scotland and not Muirfield Village in high in Ohio I'm just reading here they're talking about Muirfield Village Golf Club in Scotland you click on the link and it's it's Jack's tournament in Ohio <laughs> bless them um, but I think the LPGA are pretty confident about being back now um, yeah. so there's an this is Two events in Florida, then they're heading to California for the Kia Classic and then the first major of the year. Um, and I think they kind of stay over there for a bit. It's Hawaii and, and California. And then April, May time, um, they rearrange kind of Asia swing. So we'll see. I guess we'll see if that happens or not um, or, or what what is decided. But, you know, it's good to have them back. It's good to have them with playing opportunities. And Ladies European Tour won't be far behind I don't think they're a few weeks away as well no that's good um, as yeah, for kind of this week uh, it's the Arnold Palmer Invitational the last yeah. last kind of event of 2019 you know in normality and, and I guess when you look back it's a little bit wild that this was still allowed to happen but here we are Tyrrell Hatton is defending his first PGA Tour event and, and the first event when he started to break through and, and have a ridiculous year um, kind of fun uh, Rory's playing again is on his uh, weird busy run of, of seven events in eight weeks Bryson um, is playing who was a little bit quiet um, of late Hovland is going back to back after his tied second Reed, Sungjae, Fitzpatrick and Hideki are all there to, to fill out a pretty pretty decent field yeah yeah look um I, I I really enjoyed the Arnold Palmer um, last few years. In fact, Europeans have won the Arnold Palmer an awful lot over recent years. Yeah, Rory's won here. Molinari's won here. See Tyrrell last year too. Um, 
it seems to be like a good course. I, I know the wind. It was a bit windy, wasn't it, last year? Mm-hmm. Tyrrell was swearing at the water on his route to victory. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward to it. I think he's got quite a decent, it's got a nice sort of international feel to it. The field this week. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the big guns will take a week off after uh, the WGC and mm-hmm. the, the strong run on the West Coast. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I think uh, Tyrrell didn't have a great week, did he? Um, this past week so it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back can Rory continue his form Sung Jay looked very good on Thursday last week but then sort of slipped away a little bit mm-hmm. uh, I don't know where he ended up finishing up in the end but um, where did he finish last week did he do alright in the end oh, 28th, 28th. Um, yeah so yeah be good looking forward to that yeah um, so the Arnold Palmer so since 2006 um, Tiger Woods and Matt Every are the only Americans to have won it. I mean, Tiger won it has won it four oh, times, right. and Every won it back to back in twenty fourteen and fifteen. I've got yeah. a feeling that Australians do well here. Am yeah, I, am I just uh, well, yeah. Rod Pampling won it in two thousand six, but yeah, Jason Day and Mark Leishman um, won okay. it twenty. So the last five winners have been Hatton, Molinari, McElroy, Leishman, and Jason Day, which is yeah. a pretty nice group. Oh, and uh, Eduardo Molinari finished joint second here in twenty ten. Um, to oh, continue nice. that Molinari thing, but yeah, looks yeah, looks fun. I like Bay Hill. Uh, I like the look of it. It's uh, yeah, kind of fun. I, what, I always remember. I remember when Rory won it because I think it was close between Deschambeau. Be interested to see how he does this week. He he didn't do it all well last week. Mm. Um, oh, he I tell, tell it back. He was topsy turvy. I think he was five over in the first round and then shot eight under in the next round. So. <clears throat> Never a bit like a lot of the guys last week. Just just struggled um, with consistency. But he's played well here before. I'm pretty sure it was between him, uh, him and Rory when Rory won it. Uh, I've got a feeling Tiger when Tiger was making his comeback, he was doing okay in this event. Again, I can't remember if that's the year Rory won, and Deschambeau was um, was charging to that year. So it'd be interesting to see how he does this week. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was second to McElroy in twenty eighteen. Leishman was yeah. second to Hatton last year. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick was second to Francesco Molinari, who I think went out uh, two years ago and, and shot like a an early early in the day sixty four to charge through the field and nobody could go past him um, at twelve under, which was, was quite good and quite entertaining. And that was when Molinari was, you know, the not quite the best golfer in the world, but certainly um, uh, a pretty formidable uh, contender. He he was the Open champion. He was a few weeks away from contending in the Masters and, and losing to Tiger um, and had started to really um, play some, some pretty decent golf. Yeah, yeah interesting. Uh, who's your, have you got th- any thoughts on a winner? I'm going... Um, I've got Thomas Paul Fleetwood to, uh, to win his first Fiji Tour event. That's what I'm thinking. Is uh, so I'm coming up this blind. Um, is Fitzpatrick playing this week? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go for him. Yeah, we're going for Europeans again. That's not like us. Yeah. No. Why, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like uh, Matt Fitzpatrick's playing okay. Again, he played pretty well first couple of rounds last weekend, but um, didn't didn't have the weekend he would have wanted. But yeah, still tied eleventh. He's been playing some good golf. Played well at Riviera as well. So yeah. I, yeah, why not? So let's go. Uh, let's go, Matt Fitzpatrick in a place he obviously quite likes. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, and then obviously next week um, is the big one at Education City Golf Course in Doha. Um, commercial Bank <laughs> Qatar Masters. There's some players thing or something on the TPC Sawgrass as well in in Florida. Um, but yeah, we've uh, yeah the European Tour is back and the European Tour proper. Yeah, um, I was looking through the entry list today, and and Colin Marcao is yet to decline um, his space um, as the WGC winner, but I expect that will come in the next few things. But you know, all of the all of the expected names are there: um, Sullivan, Pepperell, uh, Thomas, Bjorn, Slighton, yeah. yeah, Anton was Rosner, um, Ras- Rasmus is still there. I was I was kind of assuming some players that have been in the WGC might try and hang around and get invitations. Eric Van Royen is is in the field this week at the Honor Palmer and Jazz um, is also in it on sponsors exemption. So I'm intrigued to see um who else kind of tries to pop up there um when they can. But yeah. Well the big the big news is Adrian Morocco's gonna be playing. My buddy Adrian's gonna be in there. Yeah so, he's um, he's comfortably in as well. Um he's yeah. he's you know there's no worrying about the uh the cutoff it's Rich Mantle. No, he's not. Uh, no, no. My friend of the show is not. Um, he's not yet. I've just I've been trying to find his exemption, but he's he's not appearing yet on there, um, which is is difficult because he yeah it, it's quite jarring to look and and see players still kind of in a category based on their position. Twenty nineteen tw- results. But yeah, twenty nineteen yeah. qualifying school as well. Like yeah. that's, um, that's that must be a tough one to view but he's he sounded pretty confident about getting getting starts this year and, and the challenge tour is kicking off again in in april i think after again they're, they're being cautious about their restart so um, yeah we shall see yeah it's challenging for them because they start in south africa don't they if yeah. i remember rightly yeah, yeah so. and that's easy. yeah nobody's excited nobody's going to south africa right now no yeah, um, indeed um but yeah that's us cool thanks ben yeah, thank you, buddy. Enjoyed that. that yeah, apologies yeah. again for last week, but yeah, nah, nice to do, nice to wrap yeah. one, get takes, one out. Takes two to tango. Um, yeah. Thank you, dear Lister, for um, for listening to us. Uh, as I said, we'll be back next week for Qatar Masters preview, and we might do a little bit on the players and and Rory being defending champion. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers, Ben. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye, 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 bye.